welcome to the Lovely Radical podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and Lovely Radical is a mission that for me began many years ago, wanting to retain the ability to be lovely whilst also being a radical agent for change and transformation in my own reality and that of those who are ready for more. I'm a life and business coach helping people all around the world become the leaders of their own lives, a master practitioner of hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, and something incredible called emotional change technique. I've taught around the world and for the last five years coached people across five continents and helped them remove their barriers to finding their soulmates, healing their bodies, and making 10K months or more in their businesses. Because the key I've found lies in our unconscious mind, here we will discuss many things around mindset, communication, business strategy, real self-love, manifestation, language, and so much more. Many of these topics have been requested by you, and we will discuss with some dear friends of mine who may pop in from time to time. This is a no-filter zone, and some of the content may trigger you, and that's great. Did you know that our triggers are actually the pathway to our desires? And we are usually triggered by things that are unfamiliar and that we haven't yet made sense of. And if knowledge is power, imagine if you have the wrong knowledge and that's why you feel stuck. If you're looking for ways to take this knowledge to a higher level, you can connect with me anytime and ask about LRA, my coaching academy. So step into the arena, lean into the knowledge to integrate the light and the dark, spirituality and business, and let's have some fun while we create a better life than we could have possibly imagined together. Awesome. Everyone, I would love to introduce you to my dear friend and absolute legend of a coach to all humans, but also to men. Um, and he's the head coach for Heartled Warriors and also the host of the Technician Podcast, which is epic. You should check it out. Uh, this is Travis, everyone, or Trav. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super excited for us to have this chat today. We were just talking off camera about all the things happening in the world when it comes to men and women and working on ourselves or not working on ourselves and <laughs> what can kind of happen there. So first of all, I would love for you to tell us a bit about your story and perhaps how that led into working as a coach and, and especially working with men and your experience of men's work. Thank you for the intro, Kat. That was awesome. I appreciate um so excited to be here you know yes I love hosting podcasts but to be completely honest I actually almost enjoy being on others even more because it allows me to do what I love which is talk about cool shit and I don't have to think you know I get to just roll up do my thing um, give value where I can so thank you for giving me this opportunity to do so appreciate it thank you so my story I guess I'll make it actually, I'll make the first part shorter than normal Yeah. because the most recent part has been so powerful. Like it needs to be expanded on a little bit. Yeah. Um, so essentially for anyone who doesn't know me, I grew up in a small country town called Woodford, um, which is about 45 minutes from the sunny coast here in Queensland. 
And you can imagine, you know, for anyone that has grown up in a small country town, it was a small country town minded people. Um, and that's no hate towards them. It's just, you know, certain mindsets that we get brought up in and, you know, having been so like I was such a big kid in a small town. So I was the big fish in a small pond, uh, essentially having getting shoved into football at five years old because I was such a big kid and uh, sort of found my feet through that because I had so many experiences from football. It shaped me very much so as a kid uh, for the better and for the worse. You know, it's taught me so many beautiful things and I made so many good friends. And though I look back and I, I think about different moments that have come up recently through other mates being coaches like yourself, Kat, you know, with Lockie, uh, Lockie Mitchell, who helped me realize that little moments during my younger years, such as a moment when I was about eight or nine years old, I believe I absolutely destroyed this kid on the football field. And the response I got from the adults was he's too fucking big. Get him off. He shouldn't be playing with our kids. Rah, rah, rah. Mm. I know now that that played out in the way of I, I played small. So even though I was the biggest kid everywhere I went, um, school, everything, friendship groups, I was the gentle giant because mm. I believed if I actually played out and gave everything, I would hurt people. Mm. That's what my unconscious built for me. I had no idea about this until like last year, <laughs> uh, clearly thanks to the work we do. And, uh, you know, I look back and I think, man, how different life could it be? And I don't regret it. It's just, it's just knowing then I can help other kids you know, be aware of that too. So um, if these, these moments that can be critical, can be non-critical, whatever it might be, we can help them make sense of it a little bit better. So for me, yeah, the trajectory sort of changed a bit because I got to high school, still super nervous, really anxious all the time. I'm a very shy kid, even though I was already like six, five at like 13, yeah. um, started to get noticed by big teams, like football teams, like the Broncos and that sort of thing. And, um, sure enough, got picked up when I was 15 by the Broncos and started to really develop as a person and as a player on the field and off the field. And I started to experience these these mental health issues that we just had no idea about back then. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm 33 this You're year. You're an so. OG like me. Yeah. Like <laughs> what, what are emotions? What are these? Why do I feel like shit every day? Um, and... I just didn't know how to cope with it. And, you know, my, my parents had no idea, you know, they, which I, I never put any blame on anyone. Like it's, this is my journey. This is my story. And for me to be responsible for it, I take full responsibility for everything that's ever happened for me. Um, because if I sit there and say that it's because of this, this, and this, then well, fuck, like how am I meant to change it? So yeah. And there were some horrible things that happened. And again, no blame on anyone. It's just how it all worked out. And Clearly, if it didn't work out how it did, I wouldn't be the man I am today. So um, I got to 17 years old after having gone through school, had a lot of issues with, again, showing up, the vulnerability stuff, the performance anxieties. They just get to points where you just you, you want to give up because it's it's too much expectation. Mm. Um, and when you when you already don't know how to satisfy your own expectations, how are you supposed to satisfy anyone else's outside of you? Yeah. Right. So um, I was very much in my head at a very young age and I just didn't know how to deal with it. So when the Broncos finally offered uh, to, for me to come down and play with them, um, I just I'd had enough. I was like, no, nah, I can't deal with this anymore. So set me on a journey of self-discovery. It was very much so, oh, I don't have football anymore. What else is there? It's a life. And went on this path of like pure destruction, which 
you know, when you destroy something, you can always rebuild it, right? So I believe that as tough as it was, having gone through those ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, and unfortunately leading to a point where I wanted to kill myself at one point because I just, I just didn't know who I was. And I was look, I was so bad at comparing myself to everyone else and yeah. thinking, man, I was meant to be this big superstar. And here I am working at my local IGA, yeah. right? So it's this, and look, I got, and I sit here in the beginning of my journey, I used to really have a lot of resentment towards that. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, man, I'm grateful for everything because the people I would have met there shaped me. Um, the experiences I had there shaped me. I still, to this day, remember a manager there was like, you're, I've heard you're really lazy. Right. And like that, that was an insecurity of mine for so many years because of that one moment. And um, I very much played out with a big chip on my shoulder around that. Yeah. But I also know that's a shadow that's played out in my life where I, I, I believe I'm lazy because that, that voice comes up in my head, not just from her, but from myself and other people around because I started to create this identity that, oh, Trav is that lazy guy. So that can pop up every now and then. Yeah. And all I do to sort of counteract that is to look and be like, okay, hold on. Let me write down what I've actually just done in this past week. I am not fucking lazy. I've just, (laughs) I've just done this, 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 this. Like, so I know men in particular can get so caught up in what they haven't done more so than focusing on what they have done, Mm. you know? And I know women do it too. Like humans, they just so like, we must do more and be more. Hmm. And it's, it's very much, you know, that was my course of getting to a point where I had like this earth shattering moment when I was about 26 and the partner that had been supporting me for six, six or seven years, um, we separated. And within that same period of time, or about two or three weeks, I actually tore my ACL, meniscus, collateral ligaments, fractured everything. Uh. And that put me into work, moving back home from Sydney, back into my parents' home where mum was emptying my pee bottle. I couldn't move. It was just depressing. And I was back in that fucking hole again that I thought I clawed out of. And it was at that moment I sort of decided, I was like, well, I'm not going back there again. And that's when I discovered like, you know, self-development. I started watching YouTube videos, podcasts. I found mentors. Um, I started diving into, you know, how to lose weight. I I was actually really into PT stuff at at that time. Um, So when I think about it, it's been essentially a journey of 33 years of self-discovery but really deep since I was 26. So it's like that solid seven years of really diving into who am I? What do I enjoy? Where do I go? You know, (laughs) what is this all for? What does it mean? (laughs) Yeah. The the bigger questions. Right. And it, it very much got to a point where I'd gone only so far as I was supposed to. And then again, that spiral, you come back down and uh, 2020 was such a big year for me where um, when COVID hit, my partner at the time got locked out of the country and again, lost my job. All these things started to play out, the panic attacks, the anxiety came back and um, like this full existential crisis. But in that time, as these things play out, I met this beautiful human by the name of Jordan Potts and also was working with my best mate at the time to build a coaching business even back then. And um, my mate Christian literally said on the beach one day, he's like, bro, I love the way you try to rewire my mind. You're like a technician. (laughs) 
And I just, I'll never forget that, man. I, and that, that moment has, has always come up so synchronistically. And I was even, I remember to this day, I haven't told anyone this. I think I told one person. I just remembered it. I was walking on the beach one day with a friend and we're just walking along this Kwana beach and something made me stop. We said something about, I think, that's right. I was talking about the story of how it happened because I realized we're at the beach. And as I said, this is what KP said to me. I realized we we're in the exact same spot. He said it mm. like, you can't write this shit. Ah. And I, I got full goosebumps. I'm like, what is happening, man? And yeah. this was, you know, very much just reaffirming that whatever I was doing from the time of meeting Jordan Potts in 2020 and going into Wim Hof breathing, uh, meditation, self-discovery, mm. going very much down what pe- might be called some by some people, the woo-woo, the spirituality side. Um, that's what made me realize what I truly was within and what's kind of set me on the path over the last couple of years, which we'll dive a bit deeper on mm. into what I now believe I am here for. So very, very, very long story short. Um, <laughs> right. And I if, think we're going to have to keep shortening it as we go on in our lives because there's just so much stacking, so right? Much, yeah. <laughs> and hey, like we're supposed to tease, right? Because then people can, if they mm. want to, they can go listen to our older episodes. I know you've exactly. got one with me from before. So yeah. Um, <laughs> This is just maybe the, I'll repurpose that. Hundred <laughs> we'll percent. You can like repurpose and see the difference between even. Mm. I know both of us probably speak differently. We're at different stages of yeah. our lives, Oof, so yeah. that'd be cool to compare. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to hear. Like, I know you started with the breath work and and the more woo woo experience. I love to call it that too. And I know men's work is only part of what you do, and it's been around forever in different capacities and yet now it's I feel it's evolved into something incredibly beautiful when done right and so I'd love to hear I know it's kind of a hush hush thing like it's for the men like (laughs) so you don't have to give away all the secrets but um I and I'll get into this a bit later but I know there's a lot of different pockets and communities of men now that potentially need or really do need this kind of work and this kind of community, I believe, because it could really like set them up, set them free, bring them all the things they want. So I'd love to know what can you tell me about (laughs) your experience with men's work um, and how you've seen that impact men's lives? Great question. And I'm very much like Dane and I are quite transparent with what we do. And, um, you know, because we even something that we've done recently that I know was looked upon interestingly that we brought women into our retreats. Mm. You know, we, we believe that with that integration of the actual female, yes, we have masculine and feminine within us energetically. Mm. Uh, so many men have so many wounds around ex-girlfriends, mums, all that sort of thing. Right. So by bringing them in there, there was this massive healing, especially what topic they were talking about, you know, having the beautiful Shani come in, and talk about her genius of masculine and feminine and just seeing the men light up and know that it's like literally a cheat sheet on how to date, how to heal partnerships, how to heal Mm. themselves. It was like that we were like, okay, we're onto something here. So um, I love the primal aspect of men's work. You know, I do see a lot of guys out there doing the real primal stuff, like out in the bushes, you know, wrestling, doing that sort of stuff. I believe that still has a space. Um, and I've, I've got love for everyone doing it. Right. I see, I see in this space in particular coaching and stuff is that 
a lot of people call each other out and mm. I'm sitting there thinking like, man, we're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, what, what, <laughs> for, for, for what purpose are you talking shit about such and such right now? Like, yeah, absolutely. It just makes no sense to me. And, and I also, I don't really waste my time on worrying about that either. It's just nice to bring it to light and be like, yeah, oh, come on, let's, yeah. let's focus on the people we're actually helping more so than bringing each other down. Mm. Um, and so I, I believe there's so much space in this space still. And I would love to see though, the, the men coming through that have actual intentions of helping other men. You know, I believe that just like anything, it can get a little bit, uh, I guess, culturally accepted. And then everyone's like, oh man, I'd love to get into men's work and do this, this, and this, when really they're not even integrated themselves. So you've got a bunch of unintegrated men trying to help unintegrated men Mm. and it almost creates a bigger mess. So, uh, and again, that's not calling anyone out in particular. It's just knowing that we want to, we want to do this right. And, and when we know that, and it's, you know, again, it's not putting us on a different level to anyone else, but like when we've felt the difference of actually facing the darkness and what it feels like to be integrate, like to integrate that it's just, you can't, like you can't market that shit. Like people just have to come to it when they're ready. And which makes it fun when you're like, I actually also have to market my business. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but it's like, oh, just they come when they're ready. Um, hmm, I'd love to hear your experience of integration. I guess if you could describe it in a nutshell, <laughs> integrating the shadow. So for anyone that's a visual learner, Picture yourself in this dark corridor. Take a big, deep breath. And you look up and down that corridor that's about 150 metres long. Either side is every single thing you've ever avoided in your life. That's emotions, wounds, shadows, whatever you want to call it. You're about to sprint to the end where you see the light and it's going to fuck you up along the way. Every single thing is going to hit you. You have to face it and move through it because that's the only way to get to the other side and integrate the dark and the light of yourself. Because I tell you, I'm still going through it. I'll never sit here and be like, I'm so integrated. Like I, I have my, I have my moments of like, holy shit, I am not integrated whatsoever. <laughs> um, like, oh, but, there's some cleanup to do. Clean up yeah, and five. <laughs> yeah, which, which I'm so accepting of these days. I used to think that, oh, my God, I'm the technician. Why can't I be so happy and positive right now? Yeah. And it's like, dude, because you're a human. You know, you, we have this human experience for a reason. And if I need to curl up into a ball and cry for a week, I'm going to fucking do it yeah. because I'm also feeling my emotions. You know, I think that's one big thing that I've really allowed and that's what's helped me move forward is I've always been quite an emotional, vulnerable guy. Mm. Um, But now I just accept it for what it is and I actually use it as a tool to really allow me to move through things because otherwise it just gets suppressed and it sits there and again, it becomes another shadow. So um, I I love shining my light on so many darknesses right now and uh, I believe the more you do it, the, the most recent um analogy i brought up of it was it's like we say the whole thing of like you know new level same devil so for me being a gamer i'm a huge dork with that stuff Mm. 
it's like you keep fighting this same boss. You just get better at fighting him and killing him. So you mm-hmm. learn little moves, little tuck and rolls, little stabs in the side of the kidney. And eventually it gets to a point where you're so good at killing this same boss, mm-hmm. it just becomes second nature. So that thing that bothered me for six months yeah. now might bother me for 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, I don't know if you caught, there was a recent interview with David Goggins where he told a story about how he got his, I think he got his assistant to compile all of the hate comments he'd ever received into a file. He then recorded an audio track, reading them all in his own voice. And then he listens to that audio track while he trains or just in general, so that he just faces it all until he's like, cause you know, what people might say to us are usually just an opportunity for us to clean up anything that's we're triggered by. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, that's, that's wild. And beast. I feel like I do that on the daily. <laughs> I love that. And that's, that's like a really like just straight up way to face it. Right. There's no, mm. there's no, like, let's do some breath work and loosen the grip a bit. It's mm. no, tell me who's been talking shit about me. Cause yeah. they, they may be true what they're saying yeah. and I will face it and listen to it and see if it need, like you said, needs to be cleaned up. So I've, yeah. I've very much dived into that recently. Like if I've got conflict that needs sorting, um, whether it's internally or externally, I used to hate conflict. I'd get real nervous, real like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to piss someone off. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, bro, <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk this out. And which is great. You know, it's something that, again, it's, it's all repetition, right? The more we do it, the better we get at it. It's, um, and it's the integration of the unconscious because now, my unconscious mind is so powerful. It, it works with me more so than against me. Mm. Um, I know there's still a lot to, to go through there. I'm, I'm, I make sense of that. Yeah. But it's being able to, you know, do those repetitive things daily, knowing that that's what it feeds off. Yeah. Um, and I've just created such a strong character because of that. So it's really beautiful. I love that. And, oh, yeah, there's so many ways I could go down with that. <laughs> um. I'm going to reel off a whole bunch of things that I've just been looking into recently that I'm super interested to talk with you about and get your thoughts on. So personally, I've been studying a lot about like the mating crisis and the men and women situation and what's what's happening out there um, to make sense of a lot of things, especially because I share a lot about both challenges um, that I see through clients and just through my communities. And the comment sections are wild in a way that I didn't, believe was possible. <laughs> so um, I'm going to read through a few things and then I'll, I'll end with a question. But the first I noticed is that like both, I guess, Hollywood and like the new wave of feminism, which probably started around the seventies, like they've really driven women for decades to like be against men. So that's point one movies and media I've noticed have also made men quite soft in many ways and like very PC, very, very politically correct. And they've also made women like very high and mighty. So it's like that, that role reversal almost. And then feminisms taught the younger generation and even some of our generation that like all men are dangerous and you've just got to take from them. Like they take from you and like have sex like a man and have sex without feelings. And, and yet all of that that was supposed to be empowering, um, there are now all these little communities of men who have just bailed out and we're about to have like a, a 
potential population collapse because no one's mating but like there's the herbivore men in china there's i think migtao which is men going their own way there's incels which is involuntarily celibate like who are really really upset angry lonely men by the looks of it and from what i'm hearing in the studies um there's people who call themselves neat which is they're not employed or educated and apparently that's a problem for women and so they've found a victim story around it and then there's which really hit me pickup artistry which apparently started in like the early 2000s and it was like this whole movement with like men's retreats to come and learn how to pick women up wasn't anything about actually making a relationship but like that made my my dating experience make sense because i swear i was like y'all are being pulled over after school and being like here's the lines that you can do with the line bro (laughs) this is how and i was like oh my god it's actually what was happening in some cases um but then also you know you've driven women to become these things but women are also naturally hypergamous like they're, they're it's like evolutionary programming that they'll only date across and up because they need like on a hormonal level it's not even conscious protection because they might have to birth and raise children (laughs) so and it's also really challenging to have this conversation because how can we talk about raising men up again without a large group of women screaming that the patriarchy are wanting to put us back in the kitchen (laughs) so (laughs) it's a delightful treading of the line but at the same time (laughs) yeah it needs to be talked about because if no one talks about it then nothing fucking changes and i like i've always been like especially having my own podcast i've always sort of you know i've i've towed the line of a few different subjects but this subject in itself Mm. um i'm very very passionate about and i had no idea that there was different men now like i only just learned this in the last few weeks i, was like, I had heard of incels so i had heard of that come up through tiktok and stuff and mm. to be honest tiktok's actually been a great learning place for me mm-hmm. uh, because my algorithm is all about that stuff and mm. it first came about when andrew tate came into the game mm. and he really started challenging the he hell out of people yeah. oh yeah and again i don't know whether he was placed in there by the system or whatever the go is yeah <laughs> but you know i think i think he had a lot of great points and i believe you know some of the yeah. things that were said and or whether they're true or not um were pretty rough too so yeah. it's it's knowing that yes there is a there's a this and that side mm. but i can see exactly what you're saying cat is that there's a big issue going on right now yeah. with a lot of men that just don't know how to be fucking men and it's really sad because like you said, that population collapse is actually much more detrimental than people believe. Yeah. Oh, they it's want to, gonna be wild. And they're literally lifetime. they're just like pushing it back as oh it's it's fine, it'll be sweet. Like sperm counts are down to like zero percent in some population. It's like, guys, yeah. this is an actual fucking problem. Like if we're not having kids, <laughs> there's no more human. We race. haven't been like, having kids for like a long time too. Like oh my god. It, <laughs> yeah. Mm. And it's like it's not that it's all men because men now like i've talked to men who are like i can't even like if i smile at a woman i might get charged with rape like yeah. that's how bad in a way many women have been programmed to become as well like all men are dangerous it's like you're not in danger for the most part <laughs> i've lived in some of the most dangerous cities in the whole entire world as a white blonde female yep. <laughs> and i've never felt unsafe and yet so 
to bring it back, I guess, to the question. So, and these are based on comments that I've seen in some of my recent TikToks um, from men. Like, what advice would you give to men who are running the story of like stay single kings and the sex robots are coming and screw all women and all women are the same? Like, and potentially running the story after being hurt maybe once or twice or a few times, but we kind of make this story sometimes bigger, especially when we're in these communities. Like what would you think is a step that could be taken? It's a, it's a great question. And you, you almost answered it in by saying what you just said about the community. So no, but I can't answer I'm, it because I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm picturing is, yeah. okay. So the men right now, those men that may be thinking these certain things, the communities that they're in, Get the fuck out of there. Find positive male role models, which what is a positive male role model? For, for me personally, I watch people like Jordan Peterson. I, and I know not everything that he says is whatever. Yeah. Okay, yes, he said some weird there's shit. There's so many though. But there's so many good men out there. Follow me. I know yeah, I'm a good man. Follow exactly. Dan like Muller, Andrew Huberman, Huberman, Chris Williamson. Like, yes, yeah. There's so many. Like, you Andrew start Huberman's with one, elite. and yep. you'll see so many more. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And there's there's so many great guys. Uh, Jake Greenfield, I think his name is on Instagram. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of those posts about like the masculine, feminine polarities within men and what strong men look like, the strong masculine look like, and he literally gives details on this is what you'll have within you if you're on this path to being in within your strong, like integrated masculine, whether it's light, dark, whatever it might be. And you start to understand the energies within you and you start to make sense of what is like, what is a man? Like, what are we made up of? What are we not that we're supposed to, but what, what is it to you that might be perceived by a woman is the ideal partner or, and to, to that, to that question, I ask, you can map a lot of this across into your world from what you may see around you. Mm. And this is the problem though, Kat, is that I'm now seeing that so many kids, especially are being manipulated in the media and in schools. Like I'm seeing it in America. It's really bad. Oh, it's like, and look, I got nothing against like transgender and all that sort of thing. But when it gets to a point where the kids are being forced, so I don't know how true this is. I don't, I don't want to say that this was a true fact, but mm-hmm. this is just the state that it's at where yep. in Canada, Ben Shapiro was talking about it. He was saying that mm-hmm. if you, if your kid at five or six or seven, whatever comes to school and says, I want to be a girl if it's a boy. And if you don't take them to the doctors to start giving them like hormone pills and stuff, they'll come and take your kid off you. Yep. I don't know how true that is. It fucking better not be. But if that's I've seen a state, few documentaries now and it's, 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 it's happening. It's that bad. Right. So it's like you're giving, I get it. As I said, that, you know, um, gays, lesbians, like the the transgender community has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I have respect for the people that have gone down that path and whatever. But if the kids are being manipulated into believing that they should be something, Mm -hmm. that's when I'm like, okay, well, uh, probably not. Like, no, I seen a picture in Sydney where they had this big painting of a uh, he was wearing like a leather strap and it was like I guess like a gay bear guy like a guy and had a teddy bear on his head mm. and there was a little kid he says a picture of like little Writing kids looking at it yeah and it's kids, yeah and I was like man well maybe not like we can't be having that shit going around because 
let's give them an opportunity to decide for themselves and let's give them an opportunity to to be kids to be kids like they don't even I don't think men like their brains develop until 25 right I don't even remember most of my childhood like how the fuck was I supposed to make lifelong decisions yeah yeah Yeah. and and you kind of touched on it a bit earlier and it's the community piece. Like, and I was talking to a client about this earlier today about like the body positivity movement, or for me, it was like the opportunity I could have joined the chronic health movement because I had all these oh. chronic health issues. I could have been like, fuck the system. Like, why aren't they fixing all my problems? Except I just turned to a different community and I fixed all my own problems. And then the interesting thing is, is when you actually find the solutions, a lot of the people still in the old community don't want anything to do with you because you're a reflection of the fact that there's actually a solution, but we get addicted to the boost that we're getting from the problem. Mm. And so there's so much of that tribe aspect, right? And all, whatever the subject matter is. And so, yeah. And I think it's just as well, like whether, whether it's the men or the women who are just like, screw this, we're going to do our own thing. We don't need men. We don't need women. It's like, great, but have you thought about like when you're 80 and <laughs> you have no children, your friends aren't going to fucking take care of you. Our system for taking care of the elderly is already horrific and we're going to have a mass elderly population with a generation who is more interested in being on TikTok than looking after you. Like, Oof. yeah, like so, let's start that. to think long term. <laughs> like, People like, and this has always been a thing for me and you're the same as me. We think kind of the same, which is like, I, whenever someone presents anything, I'm like, cool, 10 year plan. Like, I kind of wish I could turn it off sometimes. <laughs> and that's why I became a coach. So now I help people with their 10 year plan. But I love that. it's like, what about like, yeah, cool. Fuck all women now. And we're going to sit at home and play video games and just be whatever. But it's like, what about in 20 years time where maybe some of your mates have actually improved themselves and met women and had babies or created a business or whatever. Like, how can you know that you can depend on this tribe who's really just addicted to having a problem and hating someone else? Having a reason for not, you know, living the life they feel like they're supposed to be living or something, right? And geez, you you made some good points in there. I love that. And it's, I think one thing that came up for me as you were saying all that, I, I believe one of the biggest issues is that, um, there's been too many options put out in front of men and women mm. and there's no oh. need for commitment anymore. So yeah. commit, commitment's a choice. It's not like we're naturally ingrained to just stay with someone. Yep. If anything, we're, we're ingrained to do the complete opposite. Yeah. And it's very easy <laughs> to give into your natural tendencies to want to sleep with anything that's walking around. Mm. That's why there's so much cheating. Especially it's as like, men, like your hormones are actually driven that way. Reproduce, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like yeah. just just create the love within the relationship you have. Like, I know I haven't been this man in the past. I know I was that guy that had an incredible woman in front of me, but I would still be looking elsewhere. And I'll openly say that because that's I'll never sit here and be like I've been perfect my whole life because that's not how you get to the point where you are now. You face the shit. You be, you are you experiencing those things mm. and you learn from it. And you go, I don't want to be that again. And mm. You know, I, I get faced, my current partner, who I know I'm going to be with for the, for the rest of my life, yeah. um, she's such a big mirror for me. And Oof. as much as we, we never argue or anything, fuck, she has triggered the hell out of me during this relationship <laughs> in all the best ways because yeah. 
she's so loving, caring, supportive. And while I said this in our podcast the other day, he had the same issue with his current partner where we're both like these big dudes doing all these things. And we've had this belief in ourselves that, whoa, what is that? That's not safe. Why are you supporting me? What the hell? What? And it's like this, that's unsafe to me. So I, therefore, I'm going to block that. I'm going to stop that from coming towards me because that's what's that, happened to me that shit ain't right. Time yeah. and time again. <laughs> right, right. So these programs play out so regularly and I've had to work through them and have these conversations with my partner. Um, and yes, like I have some like kinky fantasies and stuff. I express them to my partner because mm. I know before we even got together, I said to myself, I was going to find someone I'm going to tell them exactly who I am, show them who I am and allow them to feel who I am before Mm. we even consider dating or anything. Mm. Um, So I made sure I did that. I expressed almost the entirety of myself. I'm not going to say, obviously you get to know each other more and more, but Mm. I was just so open. And I think now that I've said that, that's probably another issue. Everyone's scared to fucking be themselves. So you get together. We don't even know who they are. We weren't taught to actually work that out. Right. So imagine like six months in this relationship with this person that you're like, Oh my God, they're so perfect. They look after themselves. They, they don't fart. They don't shit. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you finally go, Oh, I'm so comfortable. Boom. Take the mask off and become who you mm. always wanted to be within this relationship. And you've always been behind closed doors. And then they go, hold on a second. Yeah. That's not who I started dating. And it can go both ways. It can be like you yeah, accept absolutely. them and you're like, okay, oh my God. It'll usually go both ways because we yeah. usually attract the mirror. <laughs> 100% right. Like that's, it's so brutal, but it's beautiful yeah. because I, I wouldn't have it any other way because that's the way that we truly transform is by being challenged by a partner. And, yeah. um, you know, she has made me grow so much in the last few months because <sighs> I'm even getting emotional saying it. Hmm. She just, it's this unwavering support. And in a game where I've been doing this by myself for so long in the way I've had amazing partners and friends supporting me along the way, but yeah. you know, this cat, like this game of like entrepreneurship and like podcasts and all these things, this is us showing yeah. up daily. Yeah. So imagine coming home from today where I had a massive day and she had dinner ready and she was like, tell me about your day, babe. But it wasn't just like a, you know, oh, tell me about your day. Like she was fucking like actively sitting there waiting for me to tell everything about my day. And in the, in the past, a few months ago, even still kind of fresh, it actually pissed me off Mm. because I was like, this isn't real. This isn't true to me. Cause in the past I've never had this. Yeah. Right. So it's so. You make me emotional. (laughs) It's, it's honestly so, I'm so grateful because, um, to have her and then our sausage dog who has actually embodied all of her personality yeah. and everything as well. He's so yeah. loving and supportive and that unconditional love. It just, mm. you walk in the home and you're just like, fuck, I'm, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. It's cool. And yeah. And I, I love that you shared that. It's been interesting. There's only been a few occasions where I've actually been in, I can't even call them relationships apparently because apparently they weren't for them. However, <laughs> as far as I know, the only feedback I managed to get was nothing. Nothing's nothing I'd done was wrong. And actually it had been great and they didn't know why. And it was very much the completely supportive 
And in my set, yeah, there was definitely a covert contract where I was like probably expecting it in return and then got a bit bummed when I didn't. But I always come back to the quote that Co and Ray said at a, an event once and it's the purpose of relationship is not to find harmony. Although that's an aspect of it, the purpose is to take you into your wounds. Like any, whether it's your romantic relationships, your friendships, children massively like or even colleagues and staff and team like they're gonna reflect back those wounds the world is going to so it's like how can we choose to go okay like what about finding a partner or people that i love and i know that we can have that narrative and that conversation right how did you I know you're in great community, so it's probably a big part of it, but how did you choose to move through that when it came up? Was there a oh, thing or was there many? <laughs> are, you, are you sorry, are you talking about with my current partner? With, with, with Yeah, when that shadow of like actually being supported came up. So it was a combination of community, so leaning on great friends and, you know, especially male friends that are just so powerful and open and vulnerable. Um mm. Big, big shout out to, um, obviously Dane, Dane Muller's been incredible. Mm. Um, and a really new, but very close friend of mine, Chrissy Laidlaw, he came to our first retreat for Heartled Warriors. And my mm. God, that man is just a powerhouse of a human. He just leans into everything. And, um, I think because of his vulnerability and talking about what he experiences, mm. it helped me to make sense of everything I was going through a bit more. Um, and then it's almost like as the algorithm hears you, I start getting TikToks and Instagrams and YouTube videos like, this is what happens when this happens. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it so, does hear you and it can actually be great if you're saying good things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, and, and as you said, like I'm, I'm at a point in my journey where I had done, you know, many years of self-discovery. So I realized that, okay, this discomfort, I'm going to go towards it mm. because clearly this is coming up for a reason. Mm. And my resilience allowed me to move through that because I know now uh, without generalizing, but it mm. is a generalization, yeah. many, 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 many kids, but especially young men have no resilience. Mm-hmm. It's like the first bit of, you know, any sort of like discomfort or anything gets hard. It's like, I give up. Fuck this. It's easier. I can go just, if we put it into what we're talking about now, Oh, there's another woman. I can just swipe right and find or left, whatever the fuck it is. Um, The aliens invaded West (laughs) group. Straight up, straight up. There'll be no one picking up weapons. Yeah. (laughs) There'll be no one picking up weapons and ready to fight. It's like, yeah, a hundred percent. And even that like in itself, like, I believe one of the biggest foundations of being a masculine man is going to the gym. You don't have to be some roid head, but mm. just looking after yourself. And I, I actually have said this in the past and I felt weird saying it in the past, but now I get it mm. because of who I am and who I've been in a past life yeah. is that I train to be powerful, to be a protector. And if anyone ever tried to hurt me, my people I love, I could most likely fuck them up Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm some tough guy and I'm going to fight everyone. But at the core of me, I am a protector and I'm a guardian. So um, for me to be big, strong and powerful, 
that allows me to feel confident in myself. That allows me to speak my truth when I need to. It's like I feel safe within myself. So then for any place I come into, Mm. I'm happy to speak what I think and stand in my beliefs and put a stake in the ground because not because I feel like I can physically destroy anyone. It's Mm. more so energetically and just... This is who I am. Confidence-wise, yeah, it's built Mm. me up. So now I'm at this point where literally just by going to the gym a few times a week, building my confidence, becoming stronger, becoming fitter, um, and just knowing myself more by doing those foundational things, it's allowed me to be the man I am today. And I know I've got so much further to go, but I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at. Mm, I love that. Could you say anything for women who are either speaking to men who have all but given up or in relationships with men who are maybe in that space of like, I don't know what to do, or they're not doing things like, cause the women can't really just keep doing the thing, yeah. <laughs> the nagging and the pushing. Yeah. Cause we know that doesn't work <laughs> yeah. on a hormonal level for those who aren't aware of that. <laughs> it's, it's such a great question. Mm. And I know that, it's not easy to answer. <laughs> that I know I don't have a definitive answer, but I know I can answer it within our space. Yeah. So, you know, with our community that'll listen, like whether it's Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brizzy, whatever, but there, there's probably people around the world listening. There'll be people who get it. Yeah. Uh, for And the, I've done this and I've seen it work. Hmm. You can covertly, I guess, almost coerce your men into doing the work. Now it's not manipulate. Well, yeah, it's positive. I believe it's positive, positive manipulation. manipulation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've literally told a client before to play one of my episodes with Dane in the background while they're, mm. while she's cooking food. Yeah. And he literally was like, I hey, love who's, who's these two blokes. And he asked the question he starts listening. He's like, he sits down and he's like, Oh, Oh, they're talking about their emotions. Mm. Hold on, they're going through the same shit I've gone through. Mm. And he wasn't saying this out loud, but in his mind. And then all of a sudden, right, he's like, okay, maybe I do need to do some work. And he started reading books, started get like I sent the idea of reading The Way of the Superior Man. Mm. Great book. Iron John, great book as well, um, which is right there. Um, <laughs> so it's like that That to me is what I've seen work. You know, it's because it's, men in myself, like in the past, uh, yeah, the constant pushing and forcing of like, babe, you need to go sort your shit out like this, this, yeah. and this. Please do this. Be this. Yeah, it just Better. doesn't. It just doesn't work. And um, and as we would know, hmm. the internal reflects externally. So maybe if there's whatever women are listening to this, hmm. maybe do some work on yourself, Self. and that will vibrate energetically out towards your partner. Yeah. or your, your brothers, your dads, whoever, because yeah. I'm seeing it happen right now. I've got clients that have been doing the work and then their partners have been like, whoa, I see you changing. What's going on? Mm. And they want in. It, I can make sense of that. It might go the other way. But yeah. if it goes the other way, is that for the, the best sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've known, I've known many couples to where one and a lot of my clients are usually the one who's leading. And a lot of the time it's the woman and – I always preface it. It's like there might be a lag effect. There might be a six-month, 12-month period where things maybe get worse because you're growing and he's feeling it and maybe not doing it. 
and he either chooses to grow with you or you grow apart and either way it's perfect right yeah and it still plants a seed even if you grow apart and like it's all planting seeds for people and giving people permission and the only thing we can really do is do it ourselves right and shine that light so 100 yeah it's it's yeah. so true and if you look at the the opposite side of the coin right now with what i've done and like my partner is she's been a school teacher for like nearly 10 years she sees what it does. She's seen the changes in the people I've helped and she wants in on this. So she's going to Prague in April. Yeah. Okay. And she's, she's an incredible musician. So she wants to do sound healing as well. Oof, so, cause she, she sees the issue she sees is that the kids, um, they come to school and she loves the kids. She loves helping. She feels helpless though, because she does all this beautiful teaching and mentoring and helping and providing the ear like she does to me. And yet they go home to these environments where that the parents are just doing nothing to help them. And, and, you know, they're sending love to the parents because they were once kids themselves who were programmed by another doing set the of parents. They can. And yeah. there's always more and it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she believes and what I believe too, is that, Maybe she works at where the tap starts and then turns off the drip. That's how she can actually help change the world too. You know, it's like, hey, let's help the the parents, and then we'll stop it at that generation. So then the tr- the ripple effect is actually more important because it's this generation, I believe, just above us, probably in those yeah the fifties to sixties, mm. um, mid forties to maybe sixties, um, that we have really had that upbringing. That's it's caused a lot of pain. And I know they would have had it probably even worse from their generation before. Yeah. Um, so, but hey, let's stop just saying it's all okay and let's fucking stop it now, right? Yeah. And it gives like, it's more to do. Like, especially one of the stats I read recently was 80% of women who are childless over 40 wanted to have children. There just was never the opportunity or the right man or mm. they focus on their careers. And so, and the most women, the most people on antidepressants are women between 40 and 45. So like there are a lot of people in that age bracket who aren't, they don't necessarily have all the things to do that they might've wanted to do. And yet there's so much that could be done. Like you could mother thousands of people and that's really exciting for me. Um, I love that. On that, my final question, um, I like to ask everyone this because leadership is one of the things that really inspired me to coach and there was there was times where I didn't want to I wanted to give up I was like cool I feel healed now I'm out like I'm gonna go be happy (laughs) because as you know when we're coaching we're constantly facing past projections of ourselves and getting to (laughs) be reminded of how it all was and it's beautiful and it's challenging but um leadership has been the thing that's driven me because I know how powerful it is when someone leads whether it's in the home or in a corporation um and how that ripples down but i'd love to know what leadership means to you great question and i'm glad you asked it because it's really hit home literally in the last 48 hours yeah so for me leadership is by leading authentically as you always so i feel like some people show up with this mask on believing there must be something to um help people be motivated or believe a certain thing. And I'm like, no, just I'm, I'm now from here on out going to be me always. I'm going to lead by standing up for what I believe in, by having these sort of conversations, by showing what I love, because if I can 
lead and show people it's okay to be you, I think I know that's where the real changes are going to happen because fear of judgment is what's holding so many people back, right? And if I can show up and just lead from that space of just being me and being okay with all the, the cracks and dents and wounds that show up and not just always showing the pretty things on social media and stuff, Mm. I believe that's when this like domino effect of people seeing that, Oh shit, maybe I can do what I actually love. Maybe I can be that person that I always knew I could be. Then maybe just maybe there'll be that shift because I'm showing up in a space where many people won't and they won't show up as themselves because they're afraid of judgment. So Mm. yeah, I feel like if I keep continue to show up as me as a leader, um, that's where I'll make real change. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So um, what are you up to next and where can people find you? So if you just find me at The Technician on Instagram or Travis Cocker on Facebook, I've got a website called thetechniciancoaching.com. So much happening this year, Kat. Like it's crazy. We've got a lot of heart-led warriors retreats uh, coming up. So we've got our three-day retreats, which the next one is May 26, 27, 28, I believe. When's this being released? Probably next week. Okay, cool. So, yeah, in a few weeks, guys, uh, we've got our first um, one-day retreat, which is a workshop we're doing down the Gold Coast. So, because we know a lot of people can't do the three days and also maybe they just want to taste test. Mm. So we've we've come up with the, as we do, we move very quickly. Um, you know, within four months, we've already had two retreats and a couple of programs and stuff. So it's great. And uh Dane and I are really wanting to expand on that. We've got another facilitator now, Ray Brown. Shout out Uncle Ray Ray. Uncle um, Ray Ray. Uncle Ray. So <laughs> I love that. It's, it's at his F45 gym in uh, Labrador. So Amazing. that's where it's going to be held. So we've got those coming out too. So myself. We'll that all in the show notes for peeps. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've got a YouTube channel I'm really trying to grow right now with the podcast. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, the podcast, the Technician podcast is on Spotify and Apple. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just trying to do some cool shit as I go along. Yay. I love that. Well, it's been a salacious and stimulating conversation as always. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. That was really cool. Yeah. I hope there can be some men out there who are ready to hear it and ready to lean in because there is so much on the other side of it. It gets so much better than you can imagine. Oh yeah. Like, and not all women are the same. hundred <laughs> percent. Lean into it. Like get to know someone before you give up. Yeah. Amen. Mm. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Kat. Much love. Thanks for tuning in for this episode. If you like this, please do us a favor and share it with your friends and maybe even give us a five-star review and be sure to tag us on your socials when you listen so that we can send some love your way. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with myself and the lovely radical team inside the Academy, make sure you head over to our website at www.lovelyradical.net or send me a DM on Instagram for a chat. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.